This show is a listener-supported podcast. Listeners like Sebastian Koch, who has the honor of being the very first Let Me Listen Patreon patron. Thanks, Sebastian. If you would like to contribute as little as $1 a month to help fund this podcast, please visit our website at www.lemmelistenpodcast.com and click on the Patreon logo. If you can't, or just don't want to, no biggie. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a hoary old chestnut, and we roast it up, and we see if it's good. Wow, that metaphor went really weird. Um, by hoary old chestnut, I mean a, a classic film. And by roast it up good, I mean we make fun of it whether we like it or not, and then we review it to see if it still holds up. Did I save the metaphor, Steve? I think you did. Yes. Oh, thank goodness. It still has a heartbeat. You rescued that particular chestnut from the fire, my friend. I realized that I was using a euphemism that my great-great-grandfather used. I don't think anyone says hoary chestnut anymore. I don't think people say hoary anymore. At least not spelled that way. Uh, That's true. Hmm. We're resurrecting dead languages. Dead English languages. Dead words. Oh no, this movie really... Uh, okay, so this week... Speaking of archaic things... <laughs> Speaking of archaic old things that need to be looked at once more... Um, this week's movie is an insightful in uh, uh, look into the world of international banking... And relations with Red China... Of course, I'm talking about that classic film, Goldfinger. I don't want to pay any royalties for any music from Goldfinger, dude. (laughs) I don't want Shirley Bassey coming after me. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm sure anybody listening to this who's familiar with the film is hearing Shirley Bassey belt out the title of the film in their head right now. Yeah. Um, Goldfinger was made in I don't have the oh yeah there we go Goldfinger was made it was made in 1963 um, directed by Guy Hamilton produced by Harry Saltzman Albert R. Broccoli screenplay by Richard Maybaum and Paul Dean based on Goldfinger by Ian Fleming starring Sean Connery Honor Blackman Gert Freud. I think I'm saying that name right. (laughs) Shirley Eaton, Harold Sakata, Tanya Mallet, Bernard Lee, C. Slinder, Martin Benson, Desmond Llewellyn, Louis, or Louise Maxwell, sorry. (laughs) I don't know who I'm apologizing to. He's probably probably dead. dead. And Austin Willis. Music by John Barry. Cinematography by Ted Moore. Edited by Peter R. Hunt. It was produced um, by Eon Productions and distributed by United Artists. It was released in September uh, 1964. It's 110 minutes long, and it was budgeted at $3 million. And it made $124 million. Huh. <laughs> A modest I wonder success. if it made enough to merit another Bond movie. Or another... <laughs> 5,000 Bond movies. (laughs) 
Um, this was, to date, the biggest Bond movie there is. Um, according to the list that I've looked at, this is number four of oh, wow. the most popular Bond films. Believe it or not, um, I think uh, Skyfall is number one as well, favorite recent. Bond film currently. Yeah, I know, it's recent, but it's also better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so with that... Let's uh, put on a nice tight-fitting suit with a thin tie, Steve. Yeah. Let's drink like it, we need it to live. <laughs> <laughs> Let's smoke us some cigarettes and slap some worthless women's butts. Yeah. Because we're going back to 1963 where a man was still kind of a man. And a woman <laughs> was... Probably gonna die around you <laughs> if you were a spy. <laughs> <laughs> and you weren't really gonna care. No, not really. Not. I mean, you'd have a concerned face, but that's it. <laughs> oh, well, back to work. And let's recap the synopsis of Goldfinger. Spoilers if you haven't seen this decrepit movie. <laughs> Steve? If you don't want a 50-year-old spy movie ruined for you. <laughs> yeah, we might give away the plot. <laughs> Well, it begins at this in... point. I would like to say anybody who listens to our show regularly, and you're like, they keep ruining these movies I've never seen. Stop the podcast, go watch the movie, hmm. and then come back, and then see if you hate us. <laughs> that's the only thing I can. That's the best advice I could give. Yeah, Steve. At least then you'll have a, a good, solid reason for hating us, and what you won't just be yeah. out, you know. Not just because you think we're not funny and we laugh way too much and we make fun of films that we like. Why would anybody have a problem with any of that? I don't understand. Look, I do that to my, my relatives, too. I make fun of them, and, and I love them. They don't invite me to things no more. I wasn't in any of my grandparents' wills. I think I'm doing something wrong, Steve. Uh, you know. Just, hey, you be you, you know? That's, you be you. <laughs> Okay, can we please re recap the plot should we, of should we talk Goldfinger? About, should we talk about the movie at some point? Um, yes, please. Okay. So, um, as most James Bond movies begin, we open with James Bond murdering us because we're pointing a gun at him. Which, I don't know why we're pointing <laughs> a gun at him. And it takes but, us a really long time to die. And I don't know why we're looking that? through the barrel of the gun from the other side. That's always puzzled. And me. I don't know how the blood got into the barrel of the gun. I mean, he must he, have blown our heads clean he, off. He, he, he did. I mean, but after that, uh, we see, see our... From that, the pers what we're talking about for, for youngsters is that, 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 that view down a gun barrel of a guy walking... And then um, he shoots us, and then blood comes down over the thing, and then it wavers back and forth and falls down. And that's how you start a movie, apparently. Yep. Um, it, if you looked at it from James Bond's point of view, he sees a person over there who may be holding a gun, shoots them, head explodes into a fountain of blood, <laughs> and then the body just stands there for a little while. <laughs> And, and then, then eventually falls over. And then Bond casually strolls away because he's a monster. <laughs> yeah. Um, it does at least... It, 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 it shows him being competent at his job, which is a rarity. He's really good at Bond shooting movies, people. Because, 
the more James <laughs> Bond movies go on, the more you realize he's not terribly um, good at this. I would say that this is the only point in this movie where he's competent at his yeah. job. So uh, we the movie proper starts, and we see uh, Bond coming up out of the water uh, in some sort of Disguised South American... Disguised as a seagull. Yes. <laughs> and he... Uh, He's, he's, he sneaks Wait a minute, in. we have to explain that. <laughs> he's in a wetsuit. Yes. And his his way of infiltrating it through the docks is that he has a stuffed seagull on the top of his wetsuit. Yeah. Head, so it looks like it's whatever. just a bird floating. So yeah. uh, why we haven't seen more posters of Sean Connery in a wetsuit with this soaking wet taxidermy seagull on top of it, I don't know. But it, it, that's how we start the movie. You would think the marketing department would have led with that, but, you know, hindsight is 2020, <laughs> I guess. Um, Thrilled so he... to Sean Connery as a giant seagull. <laughs> Bond is back, and it's starting to get weird. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I relax. <laughs> so he sneaks into this secret compound uh, that I guess belongs to a drug dealer or something. And he squirts well, a bunch uh, of C four everywhere. Yeah, and he sets a breaks timer into on these it. giants. Yeah, these giant silo thingies, and inside the silo thingies is like a sixties mod office complete with uh, art. Yeah, and drums of nitroglycerin because you use a lot of nitroglycerin in uh, drug dealing. I guess. I, I guess in the sixties, that's the way it worked. The nitro gives the coke some real kick. <laughs> Actually, it was probably Count Sosa's coke. That's oh, no, true. it was heroin. It was heroin. Because remember, later on, he says it was yeah. heroin. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It like it matters. Powdery white substance. It doesn't matter because James Bond blows it all up anyway. He he sets yeah. his explosives and then he steps outside and he pulls off his wetsuit, revealing a perfectly crisp white tuxedo underneath. Dry, dry, tuxedo. completely dry. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm James Bond. And he goes to a party. He's like, hey, I'm going to be at this party. So when shit explodes, nobody will suspect that I, the guy who just walked in two minutes ago, had yeah. anything to do with it. You know, don't don't mind me, everyone. I'm just going to look at my watch. And then when there's a gigantic explosion outside, I'm not going to react like everyone else in the room who starts running around panicking. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just going to go over here and talk to my friend. <laughs> the English guy who just walked in, who hear, hears the explosion and goes, oh, dear. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> oh, I'm also going to smile about the I don't know how many hundreds of people I just killed in that nitroglycerin explosion. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he meets a dude at the bar. Yeah. And he's he... like, hey, James, good job. Um, people are probably going to be shooting for you. Uh, you better get out of here. We got a plane. And he'll be like, I, I, I'll get on the plane, but I've got to pork a woman first. He doesn't. I don't know where that voice came from. But that's, that's your bang on Connery impersonation. <laughs> that's right. I'm James. I'm James Bond. Hi. <laughs> And so he goes into this woman's room who's taking a bath. And uh, he's like, let's do it. <laughs> and she's, she, they start kissing, and she's got no top on. <gasps> smoky, smoky. 
We don't see anything, guys. This no. is a PG. This is a PG film. It was PG before there was PG. So uh, naked backs is as good as you're gonna get. Sorry. And yeah, and she's like, oh, why do you always have to carry a gun, James Bond? And he actually makes a, a tiny penis joke right there. Yeah. 1964. A moment of he self-deprecation. Yeah, he says, uh, "What oh, I have a terrible inferiority complex." Yeah. <laughs> So then he starts macking on her and she's kissing him and then he does something impossible, which is see a reflection in her <laughs> eyes of nasty dudes coming to kill him. And he, he James Bond choppy sockies them and throws them all over the room and he throws one guy in a bathtub and then electrocutes him with a fan and then he gets to say a one-liner. Shocking. Because I bet you kids... Yeah, I bet you kids thought Arnold Schwarzenegger came up with that shit. No, it was James Bond. James Bond came up with that. And he's got a ton of them in this damn movie. A couple of them don't even make sense. (laughs) Every time anybody else drops a cool one-liner, James Bond gets a nickel. Because he invented it. (laughs) And some old old spies home. Oh, God, my residuals. Every time there's a die-hard uh, <laughs> retrospective when TNT does all of the Schwarzenegger movies, <laughs> I can get an egg cream. Yippee-ki-yay, indeed. <laughs> um, I refuse to do a Connery for the rest of it. I'm, okay. It's going to be any voice other than Connery's. You can do as much as you want. Don't get I'll, me wrong. I'll handle the Connery's around here. <laughs> Um, okay, but then he electrocutes the dude. He says, shocking. Cue Shirley Bassey. And uh, she sings the famous Goldfinger theme, which I suggest you don't listen to the lyrics to, because <laughs> yes. you'll just be like, somebody wrote this in like five minutes. <laughs> My favorite part of that whole thing is the how that song ends, which is... He loves gold! And she says it like nine times, and we're like, okay, we get it, Shirley Bassey. Goldfinger loves gold. He loves gold, yes! Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think I anybody, got it the first time. Didn't anybody think this was a little on the nose? <laughs> Why does she just say, Goldfinger is a corpulent guy from Vienna, <laughs> and James Bond's gonna kind of stop him. <laughs> You don't want to give the whole movie away. <laughs> he hides his gold in his car. <laughs> <laughs> it is, you know what, though? That opening, <laughs> that, opening, that opening song is proof that it doesn't matter how dumb the lyrics are as long as you have someone who can sing the shit out of it. <laughs> and, of course, the, the, the we have the traditional girls as part of the opening thing where they're in silhouette and they're projecting scenes from almost the whole movie yeah. onto these women <laughs> who have gold paint on them. And um, then we end and we open to a, a plane that's flying a, a big sign behind it that says, Welcome to Miami Beach! And it's flying right past a blimp that says, The world is yours! <laughs> <laughs> That is a callback. You have to go watch the Scarface review to understand that joke. See, I'm getting them to watch, listen to right. podcast. Yeah. 
You can yeah. watch a podcast, I suppose. You're not going to see much. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just stare at the iTunes page the whole time. <laughs> um, and we go to a hotel where there's ice skating and swimming, and we meet Felix um, Unger. No, that's odd couple. Felix Light, Lighter. Felix Lighter, yeah. And he's there to meet gold Jimmy Bond. And he meets James. And he's getting a massage. And as soon as J- uh, James Bond sees him, he's like, uh, get out of here, woman. Man talk. Now I'm going to slap you on your behind. I'm, I'm literally going to do the most misogynistic thing Jason has ever seen in a movie, ever. <laughs> Yep. Where not only do I devalue as a person, but also as a human being and <laughs> treat you like a thing that I like. Dismissed. Mm-hmm. But Felix is there to tell him, hey, um, there's a guy here at the hotel and his name is Goldfinger. Auric Goldfinger. Auric Goldfinger. <laughs> Um. Well, the CIA says he's clean, but uh, we'd like you to to observe him. I didn't realize that that's how the government works. <laughs> Wait, is she really ducking down so that yes. she can't be seen on the camera? <laughs> yes, she is. Does she know how podcasts work? I don't know. Okay. It's okay. No. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um. Anyway, our Goldfinger. Our Goldfinger. They want to want uh, him to observe him, and uh, Goldfinger comes out, and he's wearing gold beach wear, which I guess it can't be too weird because uh, James Bond is wearing a baby blue <laughs> <laughs> swim jumper. I don't know yeah. what it is. It's like a one piece. It's something uh, Mr. Furley would wear, and <laughs> it does. It looks like something his his mom put on him. But apparently, Goldfinger plays gin with this guy, and he's been winning a lot, like all of his hands. And uh, what happened? This is this oh, is a yeah. matter for the CIA. Yeah, this is a matter for the CIA and <laughs> MI6. So, uh, get ready to thrill, ladies and gentlemen, to James Bond fucking up a gin game. Yeah! That's what you come to the movie for, right? Is to watch him fuck up a gin game? (laughs) And he looks at them playing, and then he looks up and he sees, oh, there's someone up in the hotel with binoculars. I bet this Goldfinger dude is cheating, I bet. Goes in the hotel. Grabs a maid, just physically grabs her, <laughs> takes her maid key, <laughs> and she's like, "No, what are you doing?" And he's like, "Just no, watch, I'm, I'm doing this." Do you look? You think you have an opinion, lady? You don't, okay? You don't. Nothing that you say come that comes out of your mouth is important. I can't even hear it. It sounds like this <laughs> to me, James Bond. Look, taking the key, I'm opening this door. That's Mister Goldfinger Suite. Yeah, it is. Way to go, genius. I'm going in here now. Here's the key. Bye. And she doesn't immediately go to the cops. I don't understand when she just goes. I just saw someone break in. Someone just broke into our room. room. No, she's like, oh, 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 man. He's a man. I'm sure he knows what he's doing. <laughs> so James Bond 
breaks in to the room and he goes out to the uh, balcony and there's oh there's a dame there blonde <laughs> beautiful dame um, looking through binoculars and talking into a little two way radio and he's what she's doing is she's looking at the other guy's hand and then telling Goldfinger how to play so that's why Goldfinger always wins and then uh, James <laughs> Bond. This 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 en- enrages Bond's sense of fair play, of course. Yeah. Then he turns off the radio, accuses her of being a prostitute. <laughs> not the Basically. not the last time he will make such an accusation. By the way, nope. He does it with practically everybody. <laughs> um, they have a brief exchange, and then he uh, goes on the radio and he says, "Listen, Goldfinger, you're gonna lose, and you're gonna lose a lot of money." Or else I'm going to tell the Miami police, who, by the way, should probably be here since I'm in your hotel room right now <laughs> illegally. And Goldfinger's like, oh, this is not this is not good for me. I don't know why I made him Russian. <laughs> I have to do the German again. Oh, no, this is not very good for me. Hey, it's Dr. Van Helsing. No, that sentence would have been a lot longer. Get oh, out of my room. No. Get out. <laughs> and so he loses. The other guy wins. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. And um, James and uh, the girl, whose name is Tanya? I think it's Jill. Jill, well, yeah. James Jill. doesn't care. They've known each other for... Uh, Three minutes, but they start kissing, and then they fuck each other. <laughs> hey, he's James Bond. That's what he yeah, does. He's, he's James Bond. Um, so we dissolve, cut to them in his bedroom, and he gets a phone call from Felix about some shit that I didn't bother to write down, and he literally pushes her back onto the bed with his hand. He's like, grabs her face and pushes her back in the bed because she's teasing him while he's on the phone. And she digs that. That's... And look, ladies, if that's what you dig, dig what you dig. Okay? Dig what you dig. What I saw was kind of really gross and violent. But if that's what you like, I'll do it. Sure. If you say, please, push, be rough and push me down on the bed while you're on the phone. If you want to play that game, I'll do it. Fine. I'll put alligator clamps on if you want me to. Anything. (laughs) But just so long as it's consensual. Let's talk about it first. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I don't think James Bond sat down with this woman and they had a long discussion about (laughs) what her her kinks are. If someone calls on the telephone, I want you to tease me a bit, then I'm going to palm face you back onto the bed. Is that all right? Yeah. <laughs> well, sure, James, in the so, unlikely event that that happens. Yeah. So then James gets up to go to the refrigerator. Right. Their champagne's gotten the, warm. Slams the Beatles music. <laughs> yeah, just to show how hippie he is. Yeah. No, not to show how hippie he is, to show how old he is. I know. It's like, it's like the only way to listen to the Beatles music yeah. is with earmuffs. Yeah. But hey, as soon as he people makes of that... 1964, don't the Beatles suck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not manly men like I am. So he's an old square. Yeah. And as soon as he slams the Beatles, uh, Oddjob slams him. Because <laughs> Oddjob right has... Oddjob is plugged <laughs> into contemporary music. 
<laughs> He's like, don't... Oh, wait, Ajab can't talk. Ajab thinks, don't slam the Beatles in my presence. <laughs> and people who've never seen the movie are like, who are they talking about? A person is in the room somehow and knocks him unconscious when his back is turned. And he wakes back up again. And he goes back into the bedroom and he's like, something weird happened. I made fun of the Beatles and then like karma hit me in the back of the head. And oh, um, you're gold now. Were you gold before? <laughs> I honestly don't remember. Oh no, Jill is gold. <laughs> and dead. Oh yeah, and dead from something that actually doesn't happen. But <laughs> she's dead. And he seems a little uh, upset about it, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, it's concerned maybe. I've, I've never a woman has never died in my presence in this exact way. Yeah, I think I think it's more like I've uh, did I get this drunk? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this wasn't me. This oh, wasn't me. Lord, there have been many times that I've woken up on the kitchen floor and the woman that I've been with is dead in the next room, but never gold. I've never painted anyone gold before. This is a new thing for me. I hope M can cover this up. <laughs> right. Q, out of curiosity. <laughs> what happens if you paint a girl gold all the way through? Seven, uh, you haven't done such a thing, have you? Yeah. But before we can see 007 panic, cry, curl into a corner, or have any kind of human emotion, we cut to <laughs> London. And in... <laughs> London Bond's kind of in trouble. M's kind of giving him a hard time. And he wants to be on the Goldfinger thing. And M's like, this better not be personal, Bond. You better be dead inside. Are you dead inside? <laughs> yes, I assure you I'm dead inside. I have good, no feelings because whatsoever. you're no good to us unless you're dead inside. You have to be cold and logical <laughs> about everything. He's like, of course, yes. <laughs> And then M's like, oh, I can't stay mad at you. Oh, I should be doing it. Oh, I can't stay mad at you, Bond. <laughs> oh, 007. Oh, you're the Dickens. Always in trouble. What, what? Yes, I wish I could drink and whore like you, but I'm married and at home. Married to one woman controlling every aspect of my life. Where was I? Oh, yes, Bond, you'll stay here. <laughs> okay, just so long as you promise. Now you promise. Cold, heartless, ruthless. Yes? Good, jolly good. Now go catch Goldfinger. Go on. Now go out and sexually harass Money Penny. <laughs> I'll listen from the from here because I enjoy it so much. Time to drop my trousers. <laughs> I'm the boss, but I don't care. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? I'm him. <laughs> Fuck I you. Have, I'll have all the other double O's kill you just like that if you ever say anything. <laughs> oh, so, yes. So he basically says, Bond, you, you're going to come to dinner with me so we can learn more about this Goldfinger shit. And Bond's like, okay. And then he goes and he meets Money Penny, who only makes this appearance in the film like in most films. In which uh, she shows that other female trait, uh, which is she only wants to get married. Yeah. Yeah. She just wants to marry him. She wants to marry him and maybe have his children. And Bond just plays her off or whatever. We really needed that scene, didn't we? Yep. Why? I don't know. We need to explore all facets of his woman hatred. 
So, yeah, they have this flirtation back. I wouldn't say Bond hates women. I think Bond finds them distracting. <laughs> In a sense, something. he really likes them. <laughs> but they're flirting back and forth, and M is, like, in the other office, had been listening the whole time, with his pants around his ankles, going, okay, I'm quite done. You can leave at any time, Bond. <laughs> Knock it off. I've got Get what out. I need. I'll see you at dinner. <laughs> so then we cut to this dinner scene with the Royal Bank of British people. <laughs> the, yes. And James Bond gets a cho- gets a chance to show everyone that when it comes to alcohol, he knows everything. He can identify the brandy and how it was made and some it's like, "Oh yes, this is it sounded it was cast wrong and it was a little too old and it's 28 years." Mm, yes, and I believe one of the people who planted the grape stems were mm, had leprosy and uh yes. It's like, "That's incredible, Bob. Stop showing me up. I thought it was good brandy." <laughs> Does that does that help you be a good spy? Like, why do you know all this? <laughs> no, it helps you make be a good alcoholic. It seems That's like you what might, it is. It seems like you might because have a earlier serious on, problem. earlier on, before he killed Jill in the blackout, he was talking about. <laughs> The quality of champagne and how exactly it should be served, remember? He's yeah. Like, oh, Dom Perignon should only be served at 53 degrees Celsius. What's your middle name? I have no idea. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, now we get a whole lot of exposition. Thrill to James Bond talking to boorish British guys about gold. <laughs> We get an explanation about what gold is and who has it and where they put it. Maybe banks. I thought you just <laughs> buried it in your backyard, but no. Apparently there are these things called banks where you keep gold. Hmm. Who'd have thunk it? Weird. And they think they think Oric Goldfinger has been smuggling gold. And they they need James Bond to find out if he's been smuggling gold. And James Bond goes, okay. <laughs> and M goes, oh, goody gumdrops. Because oh, that was the only plot we had for the film, James. I live vicariously through you, James. <laughs> <laughs> Go and stop the gold smuggler, James. If you should ever die on assignment, I'll kill myself. I will. <laughs> if you're gone, all I'll have is my wife. I can't face her. It's not enough James, for me, please. James. <laughs> Always come back alive. <laughs> uh, I don't know why we've turned them into that, but okay. <laughs> so they give so, him a bar of Nazi gold. Yeah, they give him a bar of Nazi gold. <laughs> They're like, because James is like, I'll need bait in order to convince Goldfinger to, you know, trust me. And they're like, here, Nazi gold. Have and some Nazi gold. This- <laughs> some, we've got plenty of it. I have five bars holding up one leg of my desk. It's really quite convenient. Don't tell anyone. Switzerland doesn't have all the Nazi gold. We stole it. Shh, be quiet. There are some dark chapters in my family's history, James. <laughs> He goes to visit he goes Q, see, right? 
he goes to visit the only person that has James Bond pegged just about right and gives him all of the respect that James Bond actually deserves. Q needs to have his own damn movie. Yes. Because Q would get shit done. And he would do it better. I'm fairly certain. Um, but we have the traditional gadget scene where Q's like, here, 007, here, oh, don't pull that. 007, don't put that in your mouth. Oh, 007, <laughs> that doesn't go up there. Now we've got to clean and sterilize this. Oh, 007, well, how did you get that stuck on your head? Pay attention, 007, over here. No, don't pick your nose. <laughs> it's someone like... watch him, please? <laughs> <laughs> Just tape him to the chair. Tape him to the chair. <laughs> I will bring the gadgets to you. I'm going to show, show, give you now several billion dollars worth of gadgetry. That I know you're going to break. (laughs) Here's a tracking device, and here's your brand new, beautiful uh, Aston Martin. Oh, God, that is a beautiful car. Uh, But anyway, even (laughs) if it doesn't have really come standard with, like, machine guns and an ejector seat and uh, smoke emitters and uh, whatever else. It has a bunch of shit. It's got a bunch of goo-gaz and whatchamacallits. <laughs> and every movie, they give James Bond a bunch of stuff that he just destroys. And then Q gets upset. And that's the end of Q. Spy Q. You're <laughs> nice awesome. See- nice seeing you, Q. So if you if you thought the thrilling scenes of hanging out at a pool, interrupting two old men play gin, was... Too exciting for you. If uh, the scene of watching James Bond have dinner with two old men talking about <laughs> banking was too exciting for you, we will now up even go even more exciting as we thrill to James Bond playing golf. Oh, baby. <laughs> Nothing's more exciting than golf on film. Oh, wait. No, everything is more exciting than golf on film, even when it's James Bond trying to convince Goldfinger that he has gold and that Goldfinger is going to buy the gold, and then they they make a bet on their golf game, and Goldfinger's like, yeah, I will bet you for the gold, the Nazi gold that you just threw out here on the green for everybody else to see, you idiot. What the hell? <laughs> Don't you think? Someone went, odd job, go kill those old people on, on T5. They all saw him drop the gold on the... You're an idiot. You're getting lots of people killed. You know that? Now, we must establish that odd job is his bodyguard who is mute. He wears a tuxedo all the time. And he wears this kind of top hattish bowler hat kind of thing. And he's mute. He cannot speak, which is bullshit because he yells later on. He makes this weird noise. He makes a weird noise at one point. He has a call. Which means he's like not deer, mute. He you know? just he just doesn't know how to You don't hear it often, but he, he does just, have a call. I think he just doesn't know how to talk. Um so uh they do a bed and then there's a whole bunch of golfing foo. With switching balls around. Yeah, because Goldfinger loves to cheat. Goldfinger cheats, cheats at golf. How low can you get? Yeah, jeez. And uh, but uh, James Bond gets the better of him, and then uh, he wins. They bet five thousand dollars, and Goldfinger writes a check and gives it to him, 
And he says, I'm not doing business with you because I you know what you, you're a bad man. And let's go, Odd Job. Oh, and if you come after me again, I'll have Odd Job do this. And Odd Job takes off his hat and throws it, and it hits a, a statue's head clean off. <laughs> and it turns out Odd Job's hat has metal in it. And you can you can whip that hat yeah. and kill anything. And, and it's a it's really it's, good. At it. It's apparently adamantium or something because <laughs> it fucking knocks a marble statue's head off. <laughs> and and James Bond is like, oh well, yeah. Aren't you afraid that you owe the club the money for the statue? And he's like, I own the club, you idiot. <laughs> if you were a spy, you would know that I own the club. I own everything. <laughs> Goodbye, you're a moron. Let's go, our job. <laughs> Don't forget he your Nazi up. gold, stupid. So James Bond has failed at the first task, which was ingratiate himself with Goldfinger and get more information. Basically pass himself off as a guy smuggling gold. Because of his competitive nature and wanting to beat Goldfinger at golf, right? I mean, that's <laughs> the only... Much. Just um, let him cheat, James. It's <laughs> <laughs> stupid. But he manages to get the tracking device on Goldfinger. Yeah. And now we have thrilling tracking device food. <laughs> where we just are following... He, he, Goldfinger goes to a plane and then he takes his car with him and they fly to Geneva and then we're driving through Geneva and James Bond is following him and James Bond sees women and he literally has to tell himself he literally has to tell himself that he is doing a job so that he doesn't pull over to the side of the road and jerk off in front of a woman. It's, as near as I can tell, he's acting like the super creep that he sometimes can be. Because if you have to stop, you're doing... In, you're a professional spy, dude. You're carrying a gun. You have to remind yourself that you shouldn't pull over and hit yeah. on a woman? And people say sex oh. addiction isn't a real disorder. <laughs> he's, he's got, got it. it. <laughs> Yeah, baby, he's got it. <laughs> oh no, I'm singing a Bengals song. Um, so, uh, Goldfinger pulls over to a nice fruit stand to eat some fruit, and uh, Bond is tailing him uh, poorly because he's like up high up on a hill, and you can see Goldfinger, and if and either one of them bothered to look up. Goldfinger like, holy cow is the guy from who beat me at the golf thing. Oh, why is he here? Maybe he's following. Oh, I bet he's a spy. But that doesn't happen, kind of. Because as Bond is looking at him, there's another person up above him who then shoots and misses James. And he freaks out and he gets in his car and he starts driving away. And now we have another car chase. Except... There's honking? I didn't understand this part. A car comes up behind him, a car that passed him earlier that had a pretty woman in it. Now it's the same car with a pretty woman in it. And she's honking to get around him. 
And he's not letting her get around him because he's a jerk. <laughs> and then when she gets up alongside him to pass him, he presses a gadget thing and little, little blades come out and pops both of her tires. Now, there are two ways to read this. Either number one, he thinks she's the one that shot right. at him. Or this is how he's going to get pussy tonight <laughs> is by blowing the tires out of this woman's car and then offering a ride back to town and finding a mechanic. Which one do you think I it think is, Steve? I think this is the scenario that flashed through James's mind when Q showed him the tire shredding gear on the car. Like, <laughs> I know what I'm using this for tonight. <laughs> oh, James, please tell me you shredded some woman's tires so that you can get a little what-what while you're out in the field. I read your field report with great interest, 007. <laughs> but that's what happens. He blows out this woman's tires, and she's really put out, and he like helps her with her luggage, puts it in his car, to which I have to assume that... Did he... I, I don't know... Which one it is at this point? Does he think she's the one? I think that's what it's. I think that's how it's supposed to come across. Yeah, I guess. But he drives her. But if she's an assassin trying to kill him, then why doesn't he just come out and say, "I cut you, tried to kill me"? Who are you working? Who are you working for? Doesn't do that. They chit chat back and forth. He looks at the case and he says, "Oh, that case has a rifle in it." And she's like, "No, it has ice skates." <laughs> drops her off at town and he's like well would you like to have dinner and she's like no and he's like holy wait wait a minute what who am who am i am i still me am i james bond (laughs) he goes and sits down by the side of the road and has an existential crisis because a woman told him no (laughs) what am i even doing (laughs) uh, why did my mother love me (laughs) (laughs) Um, but then he's tracked Goldfinger's car back to his factory thingy and uh, apparently he names all of his businesses after his first name Oric (laughs) it's like Oric Industries on everything and I don't understand why more business people don't do that well, how come instead of the Trump Hotel, it's not the, the Donald, Donald Hotel? Hotel? Exactly. Because it sounds stupid. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless your name is Auric. Unless you're running a restaurant, that's the only time it's acceptable to name your business after your first <laughs> yes. name. Yes. Okay. Joe's. Joe's. But, okay, so he sneaks into Auric and... he. Oh. They're talking about, he overhears them... <laughs> Talking about oh, yeah, Operation yeah, yeah. Grand Slam. No, oh, he only hears the word. Op- he only yeah. hears the word Operation Grand Slam. What he actually sees, huh, oh boy, what he actually sees is how Goldfinger manages to smuggle the gold, which is apparently a process that would cost more money than actually the gold that they're smuggling. You would and think so, basically. Yeah. He, he has a, a fleet of uh, Korean workers who all shop at the same uniform store, and they smelt gold down and turn it into the chassis of the car. Right? Yeah, and then he drives it. It's like they're making the whole car out of gold. And you would start to wonder, hey, you know what? He keeps going places, and he never comes back with his car. <laughs> 
Because you have to assume when he gets there, they take all the gold out, and he's left with pieces of gold. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, I did not think this through all the way. Wouldn't it be easier? I can't drive wouldn't this. Wouldn't it be easier to just put the gold in the trunk and hope nobody stops you? Wouldn't it be easier to just smuggle it in merchandise like 99.9% of everybody else? You do know that there is no such thing as a gold-sniffing dog, <laughs> right? <laughs> It's not like you're doing drugs or heroin or something that's easily detectable. You're smuggling gold. Well, oh, God. Nope. So he hears that, and he gets out of the factory, and he's on his way back. But, uh-oh, he sees the person with the rifle who shot at him earlier. And he sneaks up on them, and he flips them over, and it's the woman from before. <gasps> and I think we're supposed to be surprised yeah. about this. And it turns out she's Jill's sister. And she's mad. And and she wasn't trying to kill James. She was trying to kill Goldfinger. She's just a girl and doesn't know how to shoot a gun. <laughs> because she doesn't miss by a little. She misses by a lot when she when she fired that gun. It really did look like she was trying to kill James Bond. She um, just forgot to and, adjust for the altitude and the wind, you know. Yeah, and then the dumb girl activates the perimeter alarm and uh, there's a Chinese fire drill that takes place where everybody empties out of the out of the factory and they're all now looking for him and they climb into Rolls Royce? I, they climb into the fanciest chase cars ever. <laughs> and Bond is like, get in my car. And they get in the car and now it's time for car gadget time where he's doing the smoke stuff and he's doing the oil slicks. And the girl's laughing. She thinks this is awesome. And it's kind of like, you know, you've known this guy for a very little amount of time. You're in an obscene amount of danger. <laughs> and you're giggling like nothing just happened. Oh, yeah. Remember, you're upset about your sister. That's gone, too. She's just like, ha, 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 um, And then he gets to a cliff and stops the car. Puts up a little bullet thing. And then he says, when I say go, run for the Bracken. And then he says, go. And she runs for the Bracken. And that uh, run for the Bracken trick backfires spectacularly. (laughs) Because Odd Job shows up and goes, oh, takes off his hat, throws it. She's dead. (laughs) Jill's dead. Jill's sister is now dead. Both sisters are dead. Somewhere, Jill and, was her name Tanya? I think it was Tilly. Till, whatever, <laughs> Jill and Tilly, the, t- the 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 two sisters, both dead. There there are parents somewhere. Like, wonder where our children went. Uh, I don't know what happened. I know what happened. Bond <laughs> happened. <laughs> uh, but then they they get a brilliant idea. They're like, well, let's take them back to the thing. And oh yeah, let James Bond drive his own car yeah. back. We'll just put another guy in there with a gun. And he's like, drive. And it's kind of like, how come you're... Why don't you put three people and then... Why, or why are you even taking his car back? Just take him in your car. <laughs> or here's a, here's an idea. How about one of you guys take your gun and just put two in his head? Just Dumb kill deal. him. Why do you need to take him back? No. This is a great plan. He will drive back in his own car. His gadget-laden <laughs> car. And I'm sure everything will be fine. Nope, he hits the ejector seat and ejects the passenger a whopping three feet in the air. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's not that impressive. It's not like he goes up 20 feet. It's just like, you see a guy go up three feet over the car and you just go, <laughs> But he's out of the car, and now we have a car chase, and they're run- driving all over the place, and then he starts heading towards headlights, and Bond shoots his machine guns at it, and he's like, that didn't kill the other car. <laughs> and and then he loses at chicken. Bond chickens out, and... <laughs> Instead of I explain this to me. Instead of hitting the car, why did he instead go? I'm just gonna run straight into a wall. <laughs> I guess yeah. I guess he figured that was better. I don't. I well, don't. Know. Let's see. The wall's not moving, so I'll hit that instead. <laughs> okay, I've been talking for a long time. It's oh, okay. your turn. Well, because now it's it, you get this iconic. Now scene. it's time. Yeah, now it's time for the most famous scene in the movie, right? Because because mm-hmm. Bond wakes up and he's tied to a table in some kind of laboratory, and Goldfinger yep. shows up and he's like, "Hey, check out my laser." And yeah, I have it um, for the. Oh, why do I have this? <laughs> Probably for, I don't know, for gold-related activities. <laughs> so they have this, this giant laser. I just like sitting alone cutting gold with my laser. <laughs> Look, I just have a laser, okay? <laughs> Did I ask you your life story? No. Don't ask you what you like. Would you like me to ask you what you like? Hey, James Bond, what do you like? <laughs> <laughs> I like alcohol. Oh, I like alcohol too. We're bonding. Kill him. <laughs> do you like being bisected by lasers? <laughs> I'm betting you do. Um, so, so we bond is tied to a table, and there's this big old laser, and the laser's been activated, and it's inching its way up the table, and it's gonna like cut Bond in half, starting with the crotch. And James is understandably alarmed at this eventuality, and he's like. Yep. Uh, you know, hey, Goldfinger, uh, you know I heard all about Operation Grand Slam, right? So if you kill me, you know, more people are just going to come after me and they're going to fuck up your shit anyway, so you might as well just let me alive, you know? doesn't? Yeah, so if you're expecting some sort of clever physical way that he gets out of this, nope, he just talks his he way out. He bluffs his way out. Um, and there's yeah. also the famous, the most famous line in the movie where Bond sees that he's trapped and the laser is itching up on him and he's like, you know, Goldfinger, you don't really expect me to talk, do you? And Goldfinger says, fuck you. I expect you to die. Oh, I expect you to do lots of things once that laser hits your stingy tongue. <laughs> you'll probably be screaming, you'll probably be like, why did I become a spy? Oh no! You'll be like, oh, my blood and guts are coming out, but don't worry, it cauterizes as it cuts. It's very clean, that's why I like it. Anyway, yeah, you'll probably be screaming horrible things like that for at least until it gets about right around your belly button, and then you'll just go into shock. Aren't you um, glad you asked? <laughs> <laughs> Well, bye-bye! I got to go talk to the red Chinese guy. <laughs> but because Goldfinger is an idiot, he falls for Bond's bluff. And yeah. he says, and maybe I'll just for... keep you. <laughs> yeah. And so it's time for Bond to take a dart nap. Yes. <laughs> and, and then the movie moves <laughs> to yet another of its incredibly z- exotic locations. We've seen Latin America. We've seen Miami. We've seen London and Geneva. And now we see... Kentucky. No, you're jumping way <laughs> ahead. You're jumping way ahead. You're jumping because when he comes to, 
he wakes up and there's another beautiful blonde woman for him to get killed. Oh, that's right. I mean, yes. a beautiful blonde woman whose name is forever remembered simply because someone wrote it down and said, yeah, we're putting it in a movie. Her name is Pussy Galore. Yep. <laughs> and she's like, hey, hi, uh, welcome on board Goldfinger's uh, plane. Um, let's cover a few things. I don't like you. <laughs> I I work for Goldfinger. Oh, yes, thank you very much for implying that I'm a prostitute, but no, I just fly his planes. Um, <laughs> we're headed to scenic Baltimore. Oh, that's right. Yes, they go to Baltimore first. <laughs> Beautiful Baltimore. What a dump. <laughs> all of Maryland can burn for all oh, I care. I don't like that. <laughs> you know, there's this one town. There's this one town that really needs to get it bad. I hope, I hope the events of this movie take place there, and it winds up that the Goldfinger wins, and everyone dies. <laughs> the audience is like, "Okay, there's an in joke here that we're not getting." Yeah, <laughs> people are tentatively raising their hands. Excuse me. <laughs> Does Steve live in? in we're supposed Maryland? to do some research for this. <laughs> anyway um, so she goes back up to fly the plane because apparently she's a pilot for Goldfinger and they do another one of those great plan things which is hey I know let's leave the trained super spy alone with his mm-hmm. luggage with only a bartender to watch over him and then he goes, I want to change out of these clothes. Can I go use the bathroom? And she's like, sure, go go back there. And then we get a bunch of peephole foo <laughs> where she's looking through a peephole at him while he's trying to surreptitiously turn on his little homing beacon on himself. Because he got a little homing beacon for himself. It's a little mini one. Yeah. And he slips that into his shoe. And then uh, we land. And, um, oh, that's, (laughs) we cut to maybe one of the funniest things, if you're really paying attention, we cut to Felix's office in Washington. And Felix is talking on the phone about some fucking shit. I have no idea, because that wasn't what I was looking at. What I was looking at was what was directly outside of Felix's window while he's talking. And what's directly outside of Felix's window while he's talking is the front of the White House. Now, if anyone knows, that means that Felix's office is on the front lawn of the White House. That's just how important Felix's position is. That's prime office space. (laughs) Or he's like in the tool shed. (laughs) So, uh, we land in scenic Kentucky. And Pussy Galore has an all-girl kick-death squadron of all-blonde, all-girl flying stunt performers yeah a flying circus yeah because it's called pussy galore's flying circus because at this point i think the writers were pretty drunk <laughs> i think they wrote this all out in one evening um they came to the next morning and said fuck it we're keeping it all <laughs> you know it's pretty good just as long as you keep drinking don't stop <laughs> um, 
So uh, to reinforce that we're in Kentucky, we go to let's see. How can we reinforce it's Kentucky? Oh, a plantation house. Mm-hmm. Check. Banjo music. Check. Steeple horses. Check. There you go. And later on, mint juleps. Absolutely. <laughs> it's the American South. Oh, and also KFC. <laughs> yeah. I nearly lost my shit. We cut to a scene of a Felix who's tracked Bond to this place in K- in Kentucky, and they're outside these CIA schlubs, and they're outside of a. There's the the Colonel's big old gritting face right there. I'm like, oh, because they're in I'm, Kentucky. Right, I get it. Okay, so uh, they bring Bond to the plantation. They lock him up in in this cell down underneath the main part. <laughs> because like all plantations, this one is equipped with a concrete dungeon. I, I'm not going to to say what I thought that probably was, <laughs> <laughs> considering where it was and that it's a plantation house. Um, I think everybody can get there on their own. That's yeah. yeah. But we don't have time for that, Steve, because it's evil plan time. That's, oh, yeah. It's time for the big supervillain uh, evil, evil scheme yeah. explanation scene. Yeah, you go for it. Yeah. Well, he's got a bunch of gangsters there, right? Are they? He, or somebody. Are they mobsters? They're, They're just bad guys. Some of them talk like mobsters because doesn't one of them say, like, I ain't working with nobody from Chicago. Hey, Goldfinger. Yeah. <laughs> you promised me $5 million for doing this thing. Yeah. A and couple Goldfinger's of... like, yeah, yeah, I know. How do these people get in contact with each other? <laughs> <laughs> I know. They, they they all subscribe to the same newsletter, I guess. They're, they're this fat list. guy came up to the club and he says, hi, my name is Goldfinger. I, want, I got a plan that I ain't going to tell you. Could you smuggle some one of them smuggles people. Can you smuggle some yes. people into the country for me? <laughs> I was like, sure. We're evil, too, because we're the evil brothers, even though he's like Joyman or something. Um, Am I really in Kentucky? <laughs> exactly. So all these gangsters, all of these uh, second-rate Chris Christies are there, and... <laughs> They've all been helping Goldfinger to gather what he needs for this evil scheme. Like, they're all helping yeah. him smuggle different things into his Kentucky headquarters here. And he's now he's going to explain to them what this has all been about. And he flips yeah. a couple of switches and some control panels are revealed. And, like, a, mm-hmm. a thing on the wall turns into a big aerial map. And a big model comes up out of the floor. And it's a model yeah. of Fort Knox. Uh huh. And at no point did any of the gangs just says, "Hey, Goldfinger, how much did you spend on all this crap?" Right. I mean, you got the blinds that come down. You got a pool table that turns into a control panel. You got a big projection screen that you barely use, and then you got a model that comes out. Who built the model? Do you have evil model makers someplace that made you a model of Fort Knox? The whole floor slides away. It's not What's even a complete on? model because it doesn't show where all the army guys live. Yeah, right. <laughs> I hope you didn't pay a lot. <laughs> it's kind of a second-rate model there, Goldfinger. You know, my nephew Timmy, he likes the model trains. He could have made you for that cheap. <laughs> I mean... Why didn't you call me? <laughs> I, get you, I get you a good model for a good deal. Well, Goldfinger, I don't understand why you're telling us this anyway because it's fairly apparent... 
that we're probably going to die. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody in this room is probably going to die soon. So why are you showing us all these plans for what you did? You know, he, what you doing? He spent all that money and he just, he felt like he, he just had to get some use himself. out of it. Yeah. So the, it's like, what's the point of having an evil plan if I'm the only one that knows what's going on? The, the plan, as far as he tells them anyway. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Yes. James has to escape. Oh, that's right. And you know how he does it? Um, by acting like a four-year-old? By acting like a four-year-old. <laughs> and, by, and by relying on the guard being the least that intelligent dumb? human being. <laughs> he literally goes up to the window of the cell and does the elevator trick yes. where you just crouch down and it looks like you're going down. <laughs> and the guard is like, what the hell? Where did he go? Oh, my God. Oh, no. This man, he has magic. <laughs> I must break in and see where he went to. He opens the cell, and uh, James Bond chop sockies him, and takes his gun. And uh, I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. Boom. Yeah. No. Anyway, so he he James Bond is is in the model. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a pretty. I, I mean, as, as dumb as a lot of this movie is, that is pretty clever. I mean, hey, Goldfinger, why did you put a giant head inside of yeah. Fort Knox? Oh, come the model is completely hollow, Goldfinger. It, it, it blinks and everything. Are you trying to tell me that there is a giant in Fort Knox? Because I ain't knocking over some place that's got a giant in it. I did not sign on for giant killing. He'd have to be like a mile tall. Oh my god! He's going to get us all moited, fellas. So James and is James is under the model. Solo is like, okay, that's it, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. yes. Draw the line at that giant killing. No, no, no. I'm sorry, I threw you off. No, it's fine. Uh, so, uh, so Goldfinger is explaining to the gangsters what uh, what what the plan is, at least what he is intending for them to know as the plan. And the plan is to rip off Fort Knox. And yeah. he explains briefly what Fort Knox is for anybody in the audience who's never heard of Fort Knox. Yeah. It's just basically a huge gold repository where the federal, the United States federal government keeps most of its supply gold. of gold. And mm-hmm. he's like, we're going to break in and steal it. And you can either help me steal it and you'll, you'll get away with, you know, $10 million each. Or you can just leave now and I'll pay you your $1 million fee for helping me get this far. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh... This is, I don't know, this is pretty crazy. You know, I mean, yeah. there's like the, like the army's there. What are we supposed to do about the army? Mm-hmm. And Goldfinger's like, I'll show you what we're going to do. We're going to kill him with nerve gas, just like I'm going to kill you guys. And then <laughs> he, he doesn't, no, he says, he says that it'll knock him unconscious. Yeah. He tells the guys that it'll just put him to sleep for 24 hours. And Solo leaves. Wait, Solo says, I'm out of here. Yeah. And Goldfinger's like, oh, well, I'll walk you out. Bye-bye, gentlemen, literally. <laughs> yes. And he seals the room, and gas comes up, and all the guys die. <laughs> all the people he just explained his plan to die. Yeah. And, and then Pussy Galore finds James and uh, uh, does judo on, her, on him and recaptures him. <laughs> and uh, he's back in his cell again. Except he's taken a note. He's written a note that says... Hey, um, uh, thing, all the stuff I heard. (laughs) Or something. Yeah. And he manages to slip that note into Solo's coat pocket. Yeah. Before Solo leaves with all of his money and gold. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because for some reason, Pussy Galore, instead of just taking him right back to his cell, she takes him out and shows him the Goldfinger. 
Goldfinger wanted to talk to him. Yeah. Oh, is that was that what it was? Yeah, I remember. Oh, that's right. Then, that's right. And then uh, Solo leaves. Odd Jobs driving him to the airport. Wink. wink. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay, Odd Job, drive him to the airport. Wink. <laughs> you know what I'm Not saying? Nazi, murder him on an abandoned street and crush the car around him. Wink, wink. <laughs> and that's exactly what that's happened. Odd Job drives off. And since he, uh, James Bond put the tracking device and a note onto. Uh, Solo's body, the CIA guys try to follow, uh, but they don't see anything. That was exciting. <laughs> and then uh, James has a nice conversation with uh, Goldfinger, and James figured out, oh, you know, that gas you talked about is lethal. And Goldfinger's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and he's like, also, there's no way you can get all the gold out of that. And he goes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, so you're going to Something. I don't know what it is. You can do it. I have every confidence in you, James Bond. And he's like, um... Well, let's see. I somehow know that the Chinese guy you're talking about is a leading nuclear scientist dude. <laughs> yeah. You're almost there. <laughs> oh, you're going to irradiate all the gold. You're going to blow it up and then it'll be worthless. Yeah, that's right. Good job. Here's a gold star for you. <laughs> Why am I keeping you alive, James Bond? Exactly. Can you answer me that question? Because I can't figure it out myself. We're drinking mint juleps and having a really nice time. And there's absolutely no reason why I just couldn't just pick up this knife right here on the table and stab you right in the salt. But I'm <laughs> keeping you alive for some reason, right? Please help me, James Bond. I don't know why I'm not doing the logical things. <laughs> I've planned everything out with my whole plan. I just told you. I let you guess what the plan is, and then I confirmed what it is. And you're, yet you're still here breathing. Why are you still breathing, James Bond? Not only that, but then Pussy Galore <laughs> shows up, and Goldfinger says, Hey, go show James Bond a nice time, why don't you? Take him on a tour th- of our beautiful farm dis- here. Yeah, I thought we discussed that I was not a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> I said a good time. I didn't say fuck hey, him. You're I the said, one who said prostitute, around. okay? Don't pin this show on him, me. Yeah, show him the steeplechase horses or something. <laughs> Give him, play banjo music, whatever you rubes do <laughs> here in Kentucky. Whatever I don't care. Whatever you Kentucky rubes do around here. I have to sit down and d- uh, write out the reasons as to why I am keeping this super spy still alive. Yeah. Can, can you explain that to me, pussy? <laughs> She's like, whatever, I'm going to go take James to visit the Creationism Museum. Oddjob acts like he knows, but he can't speak, so he won't tell me. We tried charades, and I just get confused. <laughs> oh, shit. So, so she takes James <laughs> while, while Goldfinger retires to figure out why he hasn't killed James Bond yet. Uh, Pussy galore. As he weeps in his room. <laughs> why am I doing this? I must want to fail. I'm going to I must want up. to. I know it. Do I really want to get caught that badly? <laughs> um, so she takes James to the the barn, and yeah. they they do judo on each other as a, yeah, as a form of flirtation. <laughs> <laughs> and then no, no, and then he forces a kiss on her that she obviously does not want. But then she melts. But- 
because he has magic man power kisses that make her all wet. And yep. she's like, yeah, let's let's roll in the hay, literally. Yep. Um, so then... Uh, oh, and that's also Felix... Okay. Ajab takes the car that is loaded with gold <laughs> and also the Solo's dead body to the scrapyard and it gets immediately... He gets out and walks away and it gets crushed into a cube. And then Goldfinger has to pick up the car and bring it back to the farm so that they can get the gold out of it. Right? Yeah, it's not the most efficient plan. Why didn't Ajab just get the gold out of the damn car? (laughs) Yeah. Or here's a wacky idea. Knowing that he was going to kill Solo anyway, just load the car with, like, fake gold. Oh, there's... Yeah. That works. Give him some I don't think Solo... Tested it. No, what? Yeah, what did he taste it? <laughs> He's like, oh, that's the real thing. No. <laughs> that's real gold. Thanks, Goldfinger. <laughs> yeah, so he's so Goldfinger goes to get a crowbar and pry his gold yeah. out of the. So yeah, cube. so Felix. Felix follows the tracker back to the plantation farm and he's looking at it through binoculars and he sees James Bond there walking around with pussy galore and he's like, oh, he's fine. Nothing. Nothing's. Yeah, everything's fine. Fine. He doesn't need. He's got booze and women. He, that's our James. <laughs> he's in his glory. Just let him be. Yeah. And this psychic's like, how many venereal diseases do you think he has? <laughs> <laughs> well, and don't Goldfinger's men it keeps me up at night. Keeps me up at night, Bob. <laughs> Goldfinger's men notice Felix and his partner outside the fence, and they don't even seem that worried about it. They're like, oh, they're yeah. probably <laughs> looking for racing tips. That's pretty normal in America, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. They must really like horses. <laughs> These Americans. Their love affair with horse racing. So now it's plan day. And they show the flying circus. All the blonde girls in their planes take off and they fly over Fort Knox. And they spray their Instagas. Yeah. And I call it Instagas because it apparently moves at the speed of light. <laughs> and isn't diffused into the atmosphere at all. <laughs> it sprays and people just fall directly over as soon as they hear an airplane. <laughs> and if I was, like, doing a plan, I would be kind of like, hmm, that's a little suspicious. But no, everyone's falling. We have, like, 15 minutes of watching army dudes fall over. Yep. That's all we see, just army dudes falling over from the gas. And then they say, okay, the gas is the gas is done. Everybody's dead. You can come in. And so then they drive in in army ambulances. Yeah. It's like, it's like driving the mass unit like, driving in. Yeah. And they're driving up towards the thing, and there's, like, cars turned over with, like, civilians hanging out of it to indicate that there's been civilian casualties. <laughs> yep. And they get up to the main gate, the electrified main gate, and then they blow that up with some dynamite. And then they get up to the door of Fort Knox. And, oh, the ambulance is... The top's not putting up. (gasps) What's at the top? The laser! A supervillain laser! That's why he had the laser! See, it all comes back around. It all makes sense. He needed the laser to cut off the metal door. It's a very tightly scripted film, Um, you see? Why didn't they use the laser on the metal gate? Why did they have to blow up the metal gate with dynamite 
if they had a laser. You know why? Because he bought the dynamite before he had the laser. <laughs> before he had the and laser. And he's like, I got to use this dynamite for something. I'm not going to let this dynamite go to waste. <laughs> so they get in to the vault. They get into the vault somehow. They open it up. They bring in a, the nuclear bomb. And uh, oh wait, for the before they do any of this, they have some guy go out with a gas mask on and a spectrometer. Yeah, that says the, the oh everything's fine, we can go in now. And everyone goes in; they don't have to put on gas masks. And then uh, they set the they get in, they set the bomb, and as soon as the bomb is activated, what happens, Steve? What what amazing thing happens? <gasps> All the... What amazing thing happens that makes me punch myself in the face for watching this movie? Is this when all the dead people wake up? They're zombies! Oh, oh my god! god! <laughs> no, they show all of the army people. All 60,000 <laughs> yes. army people faked this yep. somehow. And they all just spring up and they're like, oh, the bomb's been, been activated. Come on, let's go. And then everyone starts attacking the Fort Knox invaders and now there's a firefight right yeah and goldfinger's like oh shit uh, good thing i dressed up as an <laughs> army guy underneath my clothes meanwhile he's locked james he's handcuffed james bond to the nuke yeah and the nuke is in the vault and odd jobs there and a couple other dudes are there and then when all the shooting starts um goldfinger goes oh i better shut the the vault door Otherwise, they'll get in there and deactivate the bomb. So he shuts the vault door and locks some people in there. And the guy who has the key to un- unlock the thing goes, I'm not going to die. And then Ajab kills him. <laughs> yes, you are. And it's like, Ajab, do, do you not understand what's going on right now? Your boss just locked you in a vault with a ticking nuclear device. <laughs> and you're okay with that? <laughs> Our job's motives are a little difficult to define. Uh-huh. <laughs> so outside, army guys are shooting, and uh, Goldfinger rips off his jumpsuit, and he's got a, a army uniform underneath it. And he escapes with Pussy Galore on a helicopter. But inside the vault, we have a scene where Oddjob throws James Bond around a lot. <laughs> it's, it's time for the one-on-one showdown that yeah. the whole film has been building to. <laughs> has it? I guess. I don't know. James Bond manages to get the key out of the dead guy <laughs> who's like, I'm not dying for this, out of that guy's pocket. And he undoes his handcuffs and he spends a majority of time during the firefight just trying to bang the cover to the bomb open with two bricks of <laughs> yes. gold. Um, oh, you, you skipped... But, he, he kills Oddjob first. Odd, does he? No, I thought... I thought that, it's in here. Oddjob stops him. He comes downstairs and then he's he's like, oh, and then they fight and then Oddjob throws his hat around and then he chopped, Oddjob's hat chops down some electrical wires and then James Bond has the hat he throws that into some bars where it gets stuck. And then when Oddjob reaches for it, he electrocutes the bars and then Oddjob Ob- dies. And right? and now there's officially no one in the movie to root for. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> so now 
<laughs> so every everyone's trying to get the vault back open. All the other Korean extras are dead, <laughs> and James Bond gets the lid off of the off of the nuclear device finally. And uh, inside, it looks like Geppetto designed the bomb because <laughs> yes. it's like twirling things, lots of clockwork. It's like a music spinning. box. It's like a big music box. I expected it to have music box of music. And now we get to the scene where James Bond has no idea what to do. And he's like, oh, should I uh, pull this? I don't know what I'm going to... I'm going to pull that. And the, the counter's kicking down. And it's getting closer and closer. And then finally... What we hoped happens happens. Someone more competent than James <laughs> Bond steps in and just flips a goddamn switch and turns it off. <laughs> Literally, someone else pushes James Bond out of the way and flips a switch and turns it off. Probably a switch marked off. <laughs> just here, just do this. <laughs> James Bond was getting ready to pull wires randomly. To get this bomb to stop. Oh, God. So, um... So, as a reward for almost killing everybody, James is going to go to the White House, right? He's going to have lunch with the president. Now, let's let's recap. James Bond was supposed to um, ingratiate himself with Goldfinger by pretending that he had gold to unload. He failed. Then he was supposed to just follow Goldfinger and get information on him. He got captured. So he failed there, too. <laughs> he spends, I would have to say, the bulk of this movie captured. Yeah. All the time. He attempts to send a note to Felix. That fails. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to disarm the nuclear weapon at the end. He fails at that, too. So you're probably wondering, well, then, if if he failed to get the message to Felix, how'd they get it? Oh, it turns out Pussy Galore contacted Washington and let him know all everything that was going on. Because uh, James Bond's magic dick put goodness in her. Yeah. And now she's just like, oh, hey, guess I'm what? I'm good now. We're, yeah, I'm good now, and I'm going to go tell. So Bond did nothing. <laughs> but guess what? He's having a fucking... Lunch with the president because of all the nothing he did. All he did was drive around and shit happened to him. He murdered the fuck out of a whole lot of people. And he managed to get two innocent people murdered right next to him. Two siblings. There is a grieving family because of James Bond somewhere. But no, he's going to be able to sit down with LBJ. And LBJ will be like, I don't even know why you're having lunch with me, son. (laughs) You want to see the bullet hole in my butt cheek? <laughs> Damn, boy, you just drank everything in my liquor cabinet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come in here and so talk to James... me while I'm on the can. <laughs> James Bunn gets onto a private plane, and he's flying to Washington to get... A reward for all of the getting captured that James Bond did <laughs> throughout the movie. Yep. But what happens? It turns out that Goldfinger is on the plane. Somehow. (laughs) No one noticed. Here's someone that everyone's looking for. He hasn't even changed his fucking clothes. He's still wearing the he's still wearing the sham army outfit. But he's on the plane with his gold revolver. 
And he's like, I'm going to finally do... I figured out why I kept you alive. Because I didn't want to succeed, really. <laughs> and I, I need to sit down with someone and really talk about it. Because I put a 15 years of planning, James. 15. 15 years of planning. And I didn't do the one thing that would have guaranteed success. You know what that would have been, James? Do you? I'm talking to you. Could you put the drink down? <laughs> Just for a second. I, can you be serious? Does everything have to be wry and slippy? Can't you be a human being? No? How about if I put this gun right in your mouth? How about that, James? <laughs> Will you feel more comfortable? I'm trying to pour my feelings out to you. You're just wanting to drink and fuck. I wish everyone... You know what? Fuck you. Blows his brains out. Blows his brains out. <laughs> End, End of movie. movie. End of franchise. <laughs> James Bond will not return in Thunderball. James Bond will not um, return. Oh, shit. James, so, instead, uh, Goldfinger shoots his gun and breaks a window. And it depressurizes the cabin. And Goldfinger unconvincingly gets sucked <laughs> out of the window. It, I don't even know how they did the effect, but it was dumb and yeah, awful. Yeah, it didn't look too and good. And it looked... Terrible, but he gets sucked out of the plane. And uh, here's a little known fact: if the plane depressurizes, apparently it then plummets to earth like a rock. No reason, <laughs> like a rock. And apparently, if it depressurizes, Pussy Galore, who's flying the plane, just forgets how to fly one. Yeah. Whoops! <laughs> so now we have the plane is is falling, and I guess Felix is like, "Oh no, the plane's falling!" And the plane falls and it's like oh no the plane is falling and then they show the a model hit a bathtub full of water and explode <laughs> explodes instantly yeah the moment the moment, the moment it hits the water <laughs> and everyone in the movie theater if they're dumb are like oh wow that was a weird ending to the movie <laughs> I guess James Bond's dead I don't know how I feel about that um but no, no, of course not. Because then we cut away um, to a helicopter, I guess, that's looking for James Bond. Because Felix is is up in the helicopter going, that's our James, always dying in a plane crash. <laughs> um, and then we cut down, and there's James and Pussy Galore, and they had parachutes. And they got out of the plane somehow and parachuted down into this public park where they will proceed to fuck each other. Yep. In front of everybody. <laughs> and the end. And that's the end of the movie. Really? That's the end? It's very abrupt. Blink and you might miss the part where it's the ending part. Well, you know it's the end because it cuts to the <sighs> credits, which are projected once again on, I presume, the corpse of the gold-painted lady. <laughs> Jill's corpse. Let's get the most use out of this woman's corpse as we can. <laughs> okay, Steve. <laughs> it's time for us to review the classic film, Goldfinger. How do you feel about Goldfinger? You know, I remember when I first watched this movie because I, I, I think I'm pretty sure I was an adult the first time I saw it. I didn't see it like when I was a kid at all, I don't think. Me and too. I had not, I mean, I'm still not really what I would call like a big James Bond fan. Um, there are huge swaths of the series that I have just never seen. Um, 
So when I first watched it, I was like, oh, Goldfinger, this is like the James Bond movie. You know, like if you're going to see one, obviously this is the one to see because this is the one that everybody always talks about. And it was so underwhelming. And it was underwhelming watching it this time, too. Uh, It just... I just I can't connect like to what it is about this movie that made it such a phenomenon. It it's a certain amount of fun like in just kind of a dumb way. You know, mm-hmm. if you just turn your brain off and watch it, it's like, oh, okay, this is what, you know, but I mean there are long stretches of it that are really dull. Mm-hmm. And it's just I don't know, man. <laughs> it feels like, you know what it feels like to me? It feels like old man porn. You know what it is? Because what happens in the film? A, a couple of guys play gin, gin rummy. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of driving around. They play golf. They play golf. They they eat dinner and talk about alcohol. Um, my view on these early James Bond films has been they were written by Ian Fleming, who was a veteran of World War II, for other veterans of World War II. Yeah. They are very... The, the, the 60s Bond is very much the male fantasy of what it means to be a man in that time period. You oh, know, yeah. Masculine, unapologetically misogynist, um, you know, and he gives off this air of competence and, and, and doing great things. But what struck me the most in Goldfinger is that he's really, really terrible at his job in this movie. Oh, yeah. He's horrible. He really is. And not only that, his boss makes comment about it at the beginning of the film. He's like, Bond, I don't need any of you bonding about doing your Bond bullshit. (laughs) No more Bond bullshit, Bond. (laughs) And he's like, I promise I will not be Bond bullshit. I'll make you wear the hat, Bond, (laughs) that says Bond bullshit. I mean, I guess maybe part of it is it's one of those things where where somehow the popular perception of the character has become something different than the character as presented in the actual films. You know, how Mm -hmm. like like a lot of people who don't watch Star Trek sort of think that Captain Kirk is like this, you know, this huge poon hound who's just getting laid left and right. And if you actually watch the show, yeah, there's a little bit of that, but not as much as you would think. And in James Bond, it's like, oh, James Bond, the super spy, you know, he's the greatest espionage agent in the world. And you watch the movies and it's like, no, not only not only is he not that good at it, but he's not even really an active character in the story of the film. He's a no. very passive, reactive character. Mm-hmm. It's not like he... It's very much like... They had a story to tell about a, a guy who wanted to steal money from Fort Knox, and the only way to tell it was from the vantage point of a spy who gets captured by them. Yeah. And kind of just looks at stuff and hears things. Every time he escapes, he gets recaptured. Yeah. And tries and fails He's... to tell other people about it. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the time he's drinking and hitting on women and that's it that's that's the bulk of the film yeah and that uh rewatching it this time i was surprised but by how much he failed to accomplish in the course of the in the course of the movie none of his objectives got done and this is a man who has a license to kill people and uh, the only thing I can think of is he kills people to cover up how bad he is at his <laughs> yes, job. Why else would he kill somebody? <laughs> yeah. But aside from the plot problems, and I will be willing to say this is a product of its time, mm-hmm. you know, um, the movie itself is kind of long. Yeah. 
ponderous in places. There are huge stretches of exposition. There's a whole lot of, huh? Like, why is that in there? You know, uh, uh, Tilly or Tanya or whoever it is, Jill's sister who shows up is completely not needed. The whole sequence is not needed. There does not need to be another woman that shows up <laughs> trying to kill Goldfinger. And gets killed. Because she she just freaking dies yeah. on the same day that, that James Bond meets her. Because it's later that night that she's trying to get onto the onto the compound to shoot uh, uh, Goldfinger. So it's it's kind of like, why was she in there? Why Why was that entire segment in there? Do I care about this person? No, not really. I barely know her. Um, so I guess Bond's upset about it, and the and the one female character that everyone remembers because of her name, yeah. Pussy Galore, isn't even in the film until more than halfway through it. Yeah, she doesn't even appear until like the a little into the second the second half of this movie. And you know the gin rummy scene and the golfing scene and all of this other just what felt like padding we've got to pad this movie out and it's like okay well how about this James Bond and him have a bet while they're golfing okay that ought to add five ten more minutes to the <laughs> the film and it's it just it gets kind of you know compare and contrast I know that maybe that's a product of its time too this is a very new way of telling a film no one had really told a spy film quite like this before uh, until James Bond and then everyone started yeah. imitating James Bond um, and maybe I'm more used to the more current stream of James Bond films which do have spots of of boring stuff but what they're adding into the new James Bond film is something weird and that's called character development <laughs> self-awareness <laughs> a little yeah people people have discussions about important things and the ramifications of what it what James Bond what kind of impact this kind of life can have on someone's psyche yeah. whereas Bond is a blank slate he has emotional states, sure, but he comes across as someone where nothing, nothing really terribly upsets him. Yeah, to the point in which he even casually makes jokes about, <laughs> about the death that he has just caused. Oh, not even that. There's a scene where he's talking to Pussy Galore and with Odd Job, where he sees Odd Job, and he said, "I'd be careful around, um, I'd be careful around him. He has a tendency to kill little girls like you." He's referencing yeah. two women that literally died within a 48-hour, 72-hour yeah. period. I don't know. Um, so when you're watching a film like this, you, you're either watching it purely for nostalgic reasons, which, you know, fine, that's fine, or you're watching the film for kitsch value. Yeah. You're watching it because you can't take it seriously. It's like, this is ridiculous, and I love it. And the ridiculous parts are fun, but there's a lot of boring, just driving around, playing cards bullshit that I just... I don't need to watch old men eat and talk about gold. I yeah. don't need any of that uh, stuff. And, I mean, the other thing about it is because if you think about the James Bond franchise, they're they're usually brought up as examples of great action movies. And they they got a lot better at that as the series went as on. As they went on, yeah. Uh, and if you watch the early ones, uh, you know, like, it just, it's directed so flatly. 
and maybe that's a function of the time. Maybe it's just well the the way the way action films were made was changing and evolving, and you know new shooting techniques were to come in the seventies and the eighties that would make things more kinetic and more exciting. But you know if you look at a movie like this it, and you compare it mm. to uh, not even the the most recent Bond films, but maybe some of the the Bond films from ten or fifteen years ago, in terms just in, purely in terms of how the action is staged and shot, and it just yeah. it feels really really dull and flat, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just it's it's an interesting experience to watch a movie like this when you've you've known it by reputation, you know, for so many years, and then you actually watch yeah. it and you're like, wait, this. I mean, it's not. You can't necessarily say it's bad, but it's just very just sort of drab, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, final reg, would you recommend or not? I recommend? would. I mean, if if you really like James Bond. <laughs> I mean, you're kind of. If you want to be a completist with your James yeah, Bond films, go watch them. Well, I mean, I, on its on its own merit, I don't really recommend it as a film. I mean, like I say, it's it's like you said, it's got a lot of long, dull stretches. Uh, it's kind of underwhelming just on its own, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if if you're if you're looking to get into James Bond, if you if you mm-hmm. saw Skyfall a couple years ago, where you you just saw Spectre, and you're like, oh, James Bond, I'm finally going to get into this. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to recommend it kind of in the same way. Um, there is nothing in the film that is genuinely funny, but there's plenty to laugh. There's there's enough here and here to laugh yeah. at. There's plenty and there's plenty of it that you will be rolling your eyes straight out of your head a lot of this, <laughs> a lot of times in this movie. And if you have no sense of humor about such things and cannot understand that this was made at a different time in a different era where people's attitudes were much different, um, then this movie will probably upset you to incredible heights. <laughs> you will be coming very angry. Yeah. But uh, we're talking about 1963, ladies and gentlemen. And this was before any of the big cultural revolutions in this country. And so, yeah. Is there misogyny? Oh, oh yeah, boy. there is. Yeah. Uh, are they kind of racist? Kind of? Yeah, I would say that. But then again, everything in here is ridiculous. Even the British people seem like a parody of British people. Everyone, there is no one in these movies are realistic in any stretch, by any stretch of the imagination. Probably my favorite character is Pussy Galore up until the point that she puts out. Yeah. And then that's, that's, and that's, that's about it. Uh, So I would recommend it if you want to get the jokes (laughs) people make. If you finally want to hear all of the Goldfinger song, instead of just someone saying Goldfinger, and you're like, what's the rest of the song? You'll regret it, but you'll hear the rest of the song because you'll be laughing at the end of it. You'll be laughing so hard at the end of it. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll recommend it, but not because it's a good movie, culturally. Um, if, if you really want to know what it's all about, um, it's not so bad and awful that you will hate yourself for having seen it. But uh, don't plan a party around it. No. <laughs> or no Goldfinger parties. Now it's time for us to recommend a film. Recommend a film. Okay. Uh, you know what? I am actually really looking forward to doing this recommendation because I'm going to recommend one of my very favorite movies ever. It's Yay. a spy movie. 
but it's not the uh, same sort of spy movie as, as as James Bond spy movies. It's not really an action movie, but it is a great, wonderfully made, thrilling, romantic, dramatic film. It is my favorite Alfred Hitchcock movie. And again, one of my favorite movies, period. Uh, it stars Cary Grant, Ingrid Bergman, and Claude Rains, and it is notorious. Oh. I love every second of this Notorious. movie. Yes, exactly. I love this movie. And if you if you want to see a very different kind of spy movie than a James Bond movie, a movie that plays with issues of of honesty and trust and the the uh the um effect that this sort of an espionage life can have on a person and his or her relationships and there's all kinds of just really deep dramatic stuff that is examined in this movie and it's just a really great film i it's one of it's a movie that i can recommend highly more highly than almost any other movie i could think of it really is one of my favorite movies um and it's great that goldfinger gave me an excuse to tell you if you haven't seen alfred hitchcock's notorious to go check it out okay cool i'm gonna recommend a movie that isn't technically a spy movie but follows all of the spy tropes so I, I mean, for example, it has a person investigating um, somebody. It has a madman with a, with a super weapon. It's got disguises. It's got gadgets. It's got damsels. It's it's got all of that stuff. The only difference is is that the name of this movie is The Pink Panther Strikes Again. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Pink Panther Strikes Again. I think is the fourth, the third, the. I think it's maybe the third movie. And it's the movie where they I think they just decided screw it. <laughs> we don't care anymore. Um basically, uh if you're familiar at all with Pink Panther movies, uh Inspector Clouseau, played by uh Peter Sellers, is an inept French uh police investigator. And at this point in the film he has been uh uh promoted to chief inspector because his boss um, Herbert Lom has been driven insane by by Cluzo, and he's been put into an insane asylum. And just when he thinks he's over being insane and he can go back to his job as being chief inspector, Cluzo visits him and drives him completely mad. And and he decides that he will not rest until Cluzo is killed, and thus starts a plot that has. missing scientists and you know what a lot of the stuff that I was complaining about in the James Bond films for example uh, you know kind of racist against (laughs) against well French people (laughs) just a A little bit just a little bit but I mean all of the other tropes too and in fact you can look at it as a parody of a spy of a spy film the other difference is is that uh, Clouseau actually manages to do something (laughs) <laughs> so definitely not a James Bond movie. <laughs> exactly. So go go check it out. It's 1976. It's one of my favorite films. It's one of the funniest of the Pink Panther films. And I think we're done. Oh, good. Your assignment is over, Bond. <laughs> <laughs> you've wrecked all the cars. You've destroyed all the gadgets. You've... And you didn't accomplish a damn thing. <laughs> you, you've seen you to the death of numerous innocent civilians. <laughs> We're replacing you with Pussy Galore. You're fired, Bond. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) How will I afford my liquor? It's not my problem, is it, Bond? (laughs) 
No one told you to go become an alky, did they, Bond? <laughs> he, he, he heads back into Money Penny's waiting room. He's like, Money Penny, I've, I've been fired. Oh, and now I suppose you want to get married to me now, do you? <laughs> now that you have no avenues left. Well, screw you. I don't need you anymore. <laughs> I'm going to marry 008. <laughs> Who are they name drop in this Yeah, movie? a couple times. This is... If you can't do it, I'll get 008. Well, 008 he has ice guy. water in his veins. <laughs> I watched him strangle a baby because I told him to. <laughs> Didn't shed a tear. I begged him to stop. <laughs> I want to see... That's the kind of man we need serving our majesty. I want to see movies about that guy. <laughs> I don't? Oh, my God. <laughs> coming. Well, you're going to. It's called Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> Okay, we need to okay. stop the podcast getting... before we go on a tangent that ends all tangents. We're getting to the point where the podcast is going to bleed into our actual conversations. <laughs> all right, that's it this time around. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this has been Jason Hurdy. And Steve Shives. And go see a movie this week. Jason, do you really expect me to stop talking? <laughs> With any luck, you will, but I know <laughs> you're, you're just going to keep screaming. <laughs> Actually, I'm looking forward to watch you scream when the laser touches your your tender flesh. <laughs> I'm hoping that you'll admit all your weaknesses and how you never really passed spy school. <laughs> you know, you're really easy to capture, you know that? All the other evil guys, they say, hey, wait until Bond shows up. You know, he, he's really easy to capture. You can tell him anything. Just whatever you do, make sure to kill him. And I'm going to do that, I think. Maybe. I don't know. I have to think about it. Someone call my shrink. I'll just, I'll, I'll just be here. Okay, someone stop the laser until I'm done talking to my, my counselor. Could someone get me a glass of even water? In that, even that scene, he stops from killing. He stops himself from killing him. Don't you understand, James? I love you. <laughs> I just did all of this to impress you. If you're going to leave me strapped to this table too long, I am going to have to pee. <laughs> just say that I'm a sexy gold baron, <laughs> and then this all can end. He can all end, James. Oh, He'd be my boyfriend. <laughs> It's the only reason I did it. It's why I haven't killed you. Oh, man. It's just, it's a power fulfillment fantasy for the worst it's people. It's also why I've never slept with pussy galore, that other woman who I spray painted gold. <laughs> it's only for you. All for you, James. <sighs> I say, 007, this turn took a turn. What was? <laughs> the villain did this all just to impress you? Mm, well, I can understand. I invented the entire MI6 just to attract you. <laughs> you know none of these assignments are real, right? <laughs> it's all an elaborate rules, 007. <laughs> now kiss me. It's a co- I'm, I'm demanding you do it. It's an order. <laughs> This is the best and weirdest James Bond fan fiction ever. <laughs>
Late Seating is a Lemmy Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Music by Kevin McLeod. Produced by Jason Harding. You can find more Lemmy Listen podcasts at our website at www.lemmylistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Lemmy Listen. Please like and leave a review. And thanks for listening.